0: You're listening to the Black and White Show.
1: So, my name is Lenny Escobar. Uh, I'm the black guy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Who are you? I'm, I'm
0: Cody Moulton, so the other guy doing the show. I'm the white guy. Uh,
2: he wants to help me become the best writer that I can be. So, that's the biggest thing that I've taken away from this whole journey. It's like the Lord wants to expand our abilities with the things that we love. It's not just like growing as a disciple, but growing as a human being and as a professional, and with whatever endeavor you're you're trying to improve and like he wants to help.
0: Welcome to the In Black and White show, everyone, where we just try to have natural conversations about life and the gospel of Jesus Christ. I am one of your hosts, Cody Moulton, joined here by Lenny Escobar.
1: Hello, and welcome.
0: And special guest today uh Aaron and Hall how you doing Aaron dude I'm really good I'm so stoked to be here man it's good to have you good to have yeah. you man.
1: yeah we're excited we're excited to talk to you and find out all about you thanks
2: oh, yeah it's <laughs>
0: really nice that sounds just a hair creepy but it's good <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, Aaron I gotta yeah. got be honest every time I, I I think of you I think of you. you're Aaron Ned to me yeah yeah well I mean Ned is
2: my middle name it's yeah. I, I my stage name would have been Aaron Hall, but Aaron Hall was an R and B singer from the nineties. So oh, come on. Yeah, oh, he's what? way more a... famous than me. And I like I couldn't I couldn't try to step on his toes. It's hard, so hard to compete with it. That's yeah. true.
1: You know what you did you were very considerate to, to Aaron Hall R and B singer.
2: Yeah. yeah. Well Aaron he's Hall arm. he's got some hits, dude. Like I can't compete with that, so you know. Yeah.
0: A hey, shout out to that guy, uh, sponsor of yeah,
1: This the, is sponsored by Aaron Hall. Just, just
0: kidding. kidding, it's not. Don't hold us. I don't know legally. Uh, to I don't know how that
2: yeah. works. He probably yeah, does. He probably us. doesn't mind the shout out, honestly. So yeah, I don't know who's listening to
0: music nowadays. Yeah, he's he's probably, probably he's probably not listening. I'm gonna be honest with you. Maybe <laughs> no. he is. So you never know. Wouldn't that be you never something? Know. That'd be it's great.
1: Just random Aaron Hall just listening to this <laughs> random pod- podcast. <laughs>
0: He's Black like, and white, you know, show. yeah. I'll, 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 I'll drink to
2: that. Like soda. Yeah. I'm just like picturing <laughs> him, just like having some moose tracks ice cream, just like listening intently to this podcast. <laughs> He's like, they mentioned me. Wow. <laughs> yeah. It's like in a Actually, dimly
1: lit room. Yeah. am yeah. I'm, I'm ready for him to just jump on our Twitter and be like, "Thanks for the shout out, guys." That would yeah. be, yeah. be. He adds us. He adds us. Real. Uh, that'd be awesome. That's
0: what the kids say, right? Is that?
1: Yeah. No, they say, um, that that slaps. <laughs> <laughs> that's right.
0: That is what the kids say. Yeah, that's, that's what we well, do I mean, not say because we're not kids. So.
1: Well, I am a young adult, so I say that it it doth slap.
2: <laughs> I like that more right. than it slaps. It doth slap. <laughs> yeah.
1: It do, No, it doth slappeth.
0: Yea, verily. Yea, verily. verily. <laughs> that's right.
1: Yeah.
0: All right. Well, uh, real quick background here um, with Aaron. So Aaron and I met, man, what was it? Was that like three two two and a half years ago? Dude, Did a show. It was like three four years ago. It had to be something like that. What show was it that we? So Aaron was in a band. I was in a band. We put a show together. It was at gosh,
2: it's that place that was in downtown Provo, but has Ge- Gezzo like... Hall. Yes. Yeah. I loved Gezzo. I was uh, I was playing bass and singing for a pop punk band called
0: Maybe Famous, and it
2: was super right. fun.
0: And I was. Uh... The drummer for a band of the gents and uh we met aaron because the drummer for your band aaron was mission companions with my roommate yeah yeah so yeah so so that's where uh this connection was initially made i suppose and then we played a show i guess that was a year ago was that a year ago what? Was that? that wasn't two years ago we played it uh audio oh was that our farewell show that's when your uh your uh guitarist proposed.
2: Yes, okay, yeah, so that was like our farewell show slash album release show. Yeah, that's yeah, right. That that's, was a couple of years ago. Is that
0: two years ago? I think so. Man, time flies when you're in quarantine. I guess, I guess so, yeah. Anyway, so that that's where this connection came from and Aaron's uh he's he's an author. I am. Oh. I've written a couple books. Yeah, so we're gonna we're gonna dive deep into, into some of that and his experiences with that and how that uh, you know gospel life lessons he's learned from that and uh, anyway it's gonna be a good time, y'all. Yeah, mm-hmm. Very
1: much so. We're looking forward to that.
0: So, uh, but get, oh, oh get woke. I just wanted to say that. Go on.
1: Yeah, you want to get woke? <laughs> just that's that's just another the, thing that the kids say. Anyways, we're gonna move on to it, The other the first section uh, for that is would you rather.
2: Such a beautiful voice! Wow. Oh, Well
1: yeah. oh, thank you. You do, you doth flatter me. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would like All to right, say gonna...
0: that doth slap. <laughs> <laughs> that, that voice doth slap.
1: It. That doth slap. It. You know that was it is like a boxing
0: throughout. to my ears. Mm-hmm.
1: I have to tell you this before we go right on to. No, I'll I'll go on to the Would You Rather and then save it. Well, now, right, no, no I want to hear it
2: now. Like the suspense is going to kill me.
1: I know that's why I did it this Gosh, way. Dang it! Oh. Such a good
2: <laughs> storyteller, building suspense. Ooh, it's interesting. Oh, you digging oh, into oh,
1: that? Yeah. Okay, here it is. Would you rather go into the past and meet your ancestors, or go into the future and meet your great great grandchildren?
2: Is is that for me or for all of us? That's, that's for all both, for all of that's
0: us. That's for all. You
2: you start us off though, Aaron. Dude. I, I want to hear this. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I feel like I feel like my descendants. Like that would like psych me out like fake me out too much like that's like I would have questions to be like who do I marry like tell me everything <laughs> how did you get to me? You. Um, I think it would you who's be,
0: your great great grandma yeah huh.
2: seriously um, I think I'd be more interested in talking to my ancestors because I've done some family history and like I've got some pretty dope ancestors like I, I'd like to just like get lunch with them and be like how about that thing you did that one time yeah, yeah.
1: Wild. You, could, you could
0: take them out to uh, you know Chick Fil A or something, and Dude, be like,
2: Chick Fil A is my soul. So
0: yes, so it would be Chick Fil A. So good. Be it's like,
1: just, it's just a big piece of chicken. Yeah, yeah.
0: I it always go to, big... I was, It always comes back to Chick Fil A for me. But no, I. think that's, that's great, man. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, that's true. That's a good answer.
0: Yeah, descendants or uh, ancestors. Ooh man. Ooh man. Ooh man. That's a hard one for me. Um
1: Yeah. Yeah. For sure.
0: Part of me is like, hey, I want to meet. It'd be fun to meet the descendants, but then I'd see the, the things I passed on to them. Sorry about your knees, descendants. That's my bad. Because um, <laughs> yeah, I got sorry. crap knees. So
1: yeah. Sorry about your teeth. Sorry yeah. that they. Whoa, suck.
0: whoa, 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 whoa. What about my teeth? Link? No, no.
1: <laughs> I'm sorry. Not. <laughs> I can yeah. see how you got that. No, that's not about. That's not a dig on you. It was mostly me. So.
0: So I bet you have nice teeth. Why are you, why are you talking <laughs> so negatively about yourself, man? Yeah, we oh, actually were it. talking about teeth, but I don't want to get into that. Everyone uh, talked okay, yeah, about how dazzling Elder Escobar's smile was. Yeah. Just shiny. and No one said the, that. I'm uh, sorry.
1: <laughs> shiny. <laughs>
0: Everyone hated that song. Really? Uh, I feel like a lot of people did from Moana, but I, I, was, I was a fan. Yeah, I thought yeah. it was good. I'm I more about My too. Shiny Teeth and Me in, by Chip Skylark.
1: Oh, yes, Fairly Odd Parents yeah. <laughs> for sure. Yep, yep. Oh, I know exactly man. what you're talking about. Yep. <gasps> Holy moly! That's fucked up.
0: Gotta make Aaron a regular on here. He's bringing up tea. SpongeBob and Fairly Odd Parents, iconic,
2: <laughs> iconic shows from our childhood. Honestly, well, let me oh, guess. Absolutely.
0: You like Avatar: The Last Airbender, dude? Don't you?
2: Okay, okay. We can talk about Avatar: The Last Airbender. We can talk oh, about yeah. this Prince Zuko Funko Pop that I'm staring in the eyes right now. As I'm oh, talking yes. to you guys, um, <laughs> yes. Avatar oh. is masterful storytelling. Like, I watch Absolutely. Avatar to learn how to tell a story better.
1: That oh, is I... that is high praise. That's awesome. Yeah. I, I think we have we have fodder for our next show, by the way, Cody.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Because I love Avatar. Yeah. Oh, oh, I love yeah. it. I, I think it's great. It.
0: that would be really fun. Do a whole yeah. episode on that. We'd oh, bring Aaron yeah. back for that one, for sure. But, anyways, uh, why yeah. don't you go ahead and finish telling us? Oh, yeah, yeah, guess... What's your opinion on Dragon Ball Z? Do I want to open
1: this can of worms? Oh, yeah. Yeah, let's, let's hear this first before we
0: Yeah, Aaron, on. go ahead. It's on. Yeah,
2: Dragon Ball Z. Dude, I wasn't allowed to watch Dragon Ball Z as a kid. Um, oh. Yeah. It was like my parents did not like us watching it because we wanted to be Super Saiyans after we watched the show and we would duke it out <laughs> in the living room. Everybody wants to be a Yeah. So, like, we weren't allowed to watch it, but I remember the part where, like, Cell was like the big bad man, you know? Yeah. And like my oh, yeah. mom got involved watching the show she got sucked in so oh, like yes we would sit there and watch in the living room with like you know those five episodes where Goku is charging up a spirit bomb and there's a lot of dialogue going <laughs> on um, right. but oh, yeah man. like so I haven't dived much dove dived into like Dragon not Ball I have taken a divification <laughs> into <laughs> into Dragon Ball Z lore so like I'm not uh, an
0: authority on that show at all okay Put that put that on your list, man. It's a, yeah, it's ugh.
1: it's good stuff. Especially there is one particular episode I just want to throw out there that I will always forever remember. Um, it's it's akin to the the charging up the spirit bomb for five episodes. There is an episode in the third season, I believe, it's the Majin Buu saga. Mm-hmm.
0: Oh no no no, dude! That's, Majin Buu doesn't start till like season seven or eight. Oh
1: sorry, no. yeah okay, sorry. I'm sorry, not season three, but the Majin Buu. Saga. Dirty casual,
0: unbelievable. <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: Goku is he goes he he is fighting Boo, and he goes Super Saiyan three. Don't give it Saiyan away. Oh, it. sorry. Oh. But I'm saying anyways. He's going Super Saiyan three, and he spends the entire episode. I kid you not. The entire episode, <laughs> just screaming and charging into Super Saiyan three with let me with awesome music. It's the best track I've ever heard Bang. in that show. <laughs> but yeah. But you're, you're sitting there watching him. You know how they do, like, the pan, and you can see it moving? Yeah. And it's just basically him screaming and charging up for, for an entire episode. You know, there's no talking. It's just him going, ah, 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 <laughs> you know, just, like, yeah. all that.
2: I know exactly what you're talking about. Dude, I got to say, I do love those Dragon Ball, like, charge-up screams, because it's, like, it's like <laughs> because anime has this way of, like, voice acting where they have to, like, make a sound for every little, like, movement a right. character's –
0: uh, what? Uh, you know? But like, yeah. <laughs> that's oh, oh, oh. that's my favorite one. Oh, 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 oh. Me, me. Me and Lenny would always do that when we'd like have a scripture study and we'd have like an epiphany on our mission <laughs> and it'd <they'd> be like, <laughs> you know?
1: that's incredible. Uh, yeah. Oh my gosh, I do remember that. Yeah. Just like. Oh, yeah. oh, oh. oh that's so anyway.
0: Great. You, you know, it it drags on. It takes its time, but uh, all that aside, it's yeah. actually a fascinating story. So anyway. it is. Anyway, I want to get too sidetracked here. But anyway, oh, Lenny, yeah. what about you? Ancestors?
1: Well, you never answered whether or not you would be your ancestors. Uh, yeah,
0: I didn't. I'd probably be my my oh. descendants. Because mm. yeah. I don't know. Maybe because I'm vain. <laughs> because you're vain. <laughs> Hopefully, they have good impressions so of me. You're Oh, you're the you're the one who made that show. That's kind of weird. Oh yeah. What'd you think? You know, I don't know. <laughs> it'd be it'd be interesting to see because uh, there's lots on my mission. I remember you know we met a lot of people. You'd see the uh, the power of family tradition for good and for bad. You know, mm-hmm. people are like sucked into this cycle of living that is, um disruptive or or whatever, you know. And, mm-hmm. and then they go off and they continue that and you know, I, I think there's a lot of a lot to be learned from that and the influence you can have in in family life and I would hope that I have a good one and that if, if any of those traditions are passed or those habits or that cycle is passed on it's the good stuff mostly, not all the bad.
1: Yeah. Know? Yeah, absolutely. I think right, uh, I think I'm I think I'm with you. I think I would go uh into the future. Um, and, you know, I, I would say that I think this is more heavily uh, influenced by the fact that I haven't done much family history, Family history, so I don't know a lot about my ancestors. Um, but I, I would be really interested to see wh- where my family is. And also just, you know, this would probably be, un- be unsolicited advice, but I would want to tell them just like all the things, just like what I would do is write down everything and go visit them just hand them this book that they can read if they want, and mm-hmm. then I'd go back. Like a, That's what I would... Like a... Like a... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like a forward-thinking...
0: Dr- Wait, didn't the pioneers do this? Oh, like a... Yeah. like
1: a, You mean like the scriptures? Yeah. <laughs> um, this but this I...
0: makes me think of uh, Back to the Future.
1: Yeah, like Biggs. What's his name?
0: Well, no, you mean Biff? Biff, Biff. Biff. That's B- it. B- Biggs is probably a good name for him, too. Yeah. No, that, uh, that little... Uh, Almanac, isn't it?
1: Oh yeah, that's what I was talking and about. the Second one, yeah. Biggs was one of the careful. guys
2: in Rogue Squad- Rogue Squadron in freaking Star Wars.
1: Oh, you're right. That's where I'm. Are you now. serious? Yeah, like, yeah. I was like
2: Biggs. we have I heard that from? Oh, Star Wars. Yeah, like- oh, he's, the, he's the guy that
1: he's he's the guy that is he's Luke's friend uh, that he talks about at the very beginning about mm-hmm. him joining the rebellion, and Biggs is the one that dies. Yeah, and nobody cares. <laughs> yeah, let's have you a know, i I'm, I'm I'm serious. It's like Biggs is Luke's best friend, and Biggs just gets shot down and he dies, and then that's the last you hear of him forever.
2: Was that like, an Empire? Uh, like when they're like, no, that was a
1: Star uh, New Hope. That was the very first one. Really? Yeah. Dang.
2: Yeah. That. Yeah. I'm glad you pointed that out. Like there should have been a moment where like Luke mourns the death of his best friend. Like <laughs> the fact that they just like glaze over that, like what the
0: f- <laughs> Lucas, what are you doing? <laughs> Luke's like, yeah, I never liked him anyway. Yeah.
1: Oh, that's you so know. funny.
2: Oh Come man, on. my best friend type. Did you see that? I like blew it up, guys. Did you <laughs> see that? Button. <laughs> so that was him.
1: Yeah, but at that yeah. that point, it's like Han Solo and Leia were the, they were the trio, so it didn't really matter. But yeah. It doesn't matter at that time. The
2: big three, the dream team. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah. All well, right. That- yeah, go ahead. Sorry,
0: Cody. No, that was great. That was good. Good. Would you rather? Good primer for our conversation. Now we've got uh, you know opinions and thoughts out, and that's, uh, that's a good time. And uh, here we are, rip roaring, hoot hollering, and uh kaye. I'm not going to finish. It's that. like you're uh, making a checklist of the widest things you can say, and you're just saying <laughs> them. Hooting and holler. I made a. I came up with a the widest door approach I could, and I recorded it on my in my second area on my mission. Really? And, and it was. Uh, because we were stuck inside for the hurricane, uh, oh. Hurricane Sandy. Yeah, I remember and, that. Uh, we are stuck inside for a whole day, and so I was like, well, I might as well figure out what a Scottish person would do at a door. And then <laughs> I got to the, the white nerd guy, and I'm like,
1: hey, there are you on there?
0: And uh, it's pretty bad. Pants pulled up high. and you
1: know, Oh, my gosh. Yeah, just you just, hysteria, like your pants would pull
0: up to your hysteria.
2: belly button, and you're wearing like just like a really yeah. fat tie.
0: Yep, my glasses down on my nose, like a white Got a Steve Urkel. protector. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Steve Urkel, man, that's a name I haven't heard in a while. Yeah, it's straight from the nineties. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, well, let's uh, let's jump into the meat segment here and uh, get uh, get some plugs in for Mister Aaron uh, with our uh, discussion on authorization. Authorification. Yes. Authorification. Precipitation.
1: Black
0: to business. Oh yeah, dude, that was smooth. the The whisper was me. Oh, was it? <laughs> yeah,
2: that's but, what you're talking about, right? I mean, With I mean, the saxophone yeah, yeah. at the end. That's just like that was the like whisper, Salt Guy, like the meme yeah. Salt Guy, like on. Oh yeah, song. Salt Guy. Yeah, yeah I know that's what you're about the saxophone
0: well. was for that. <laughs> oh <song>. yeah. <laughs> Oh, let's see those videos. Uh, yeah, man, ridiculous. That's so good. Yeah. All right. Well, um, Aaron, I got a few questions for you. Okay. My main man, stand. All right. And I'm talking more because I'm pulling them up. Nice. Uh, so tell us about you, Aaron. Give us a little bit about your background. Uh, touch on some things that are important. Where you're from. Um. What you love to do. Geez, and, well, how
2: how far do you want me to go back? Like, what do you? What specifically what do, you, do you want?
0: If you remember. The womb, you could start there, but if not, um, just kind of like, I guess, some formative years. you. For well, I was I was born in a log
2: cabin I built with my bare hands. <laughs> oh wow! Congrats! I hope people congratulate you for that. Yeah, yeah. yeah, seriously. Uh no, I mean, um, I was born in Indiana, but I like I grew up in Utah. Like, anyway, I'm a Utah dude. I'm one of those guys. Um, I'm from Saint. Yeah, I'm from Saint George though, so I'm from the best part of Utah, hands down. Um, yeah, it's, I (laughs) went to high school down there, went on a mission to Boston when I was 19, came back, started studying at Dixie state with film production, like motion picture production. Oh Um, yeah. Awesome. Transferred to UVU to study public relations halfway through my degree. And, um, during all of this, I learned that I really loved writing and storytelling when I was in like elementary school. Um, and like through my, through my adolescent formative years, I mean, I was just, I loved telling stories and like I wrote my first novella when I was like in sixth grade and shared it with my friends. I would like print off portions and give it to them in class and they would read it and they they loved it. What was it about? Dude, it was so stupid. It was like, it was, (laughs) it was called the calling and it was like about me and my friends who space traveled to these different planets to acquire these like special stones to defeat this like galactic tyrant. I think uh, sounds good already. Yeah, yeah I just, it sounds like it was. It was stupid. It was like really bad. It was so. <laughs> it was clearly written by a sixth grader. Um, <laughs> but just to take it back a little bit earlier, though, it was like in fourth grade where I figured out that I loved storytelling because, like, um, in Saint, in like in Southern Utah, I don't know if like the rest of Utah does this, but around every Halloween like in every elementary school, you had a creative writing assignment. Like you had to write like a Halloween story in October. Yeah. 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 So in fourth grade, I wrote the story about like me and my best friend went to a haunted house and like Frankenstein and a mummy and like all came out. We beat them up and like left and it was cool. Um, Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And, And my, my teacher was like, Aaron, this is great. You've got humor. You've got action. This is like a great story. Like I'm really proud of you. And this was around the same time. Where I had experienced the Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time, oh and, uh, yeah,
0: formative.
1: You formative. know, you know what sure. I'm talking about,
0: Aaron. You're hitting all the right notes. No,
2: for yeah. real though, I'm everything. I'm all about that nerd shiz. Like, well, like, yes. don't get me started. Like, you were talking so about D and D earlier, and like, I'm all about that. But anyway. oh, look at this. But yeah, like playing Zelda also like kind of like sparked my creativity as well because it was like the first video game that I played where I was part of an adventure. I was part of a narrative, a story where it was, it felt grand and huge and epic. And it was like, oh my gosh, I want to make something like this. So I started and like,
0: I'm sorry, be- what? Because it's so, it's so like, uh, you know, it's a, there's no dialogue. I mean, there's written dialogue, yeah, but sure. there's no verbal dialogue. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And because of that, there's a, like a lot more opportunity for your imagination to like play in this world. Cause mm-hmm. they're not, at least that's how I felt. Um, but, so that, well,
1: there's, there certainly were sounds because you know I remember oh, yeah. specifically you know like hey! talk to <laughs> listen right. It's that iconic listen, but even like the sounds of the people, they're like, ooh, you <laughs> Those know, anime sounds, right?
0: <laughs> yeah, I know, like ooh, and like ooh, like, the Gorons,
1: <laughs>
2: and like, the same little girl laugh that like Zelda and Malin all had. It's like. <laughs> yeah.
0: out it was so loud oh i'm sorry <laughs> oh, that's hilarious okay anyway sorry but, but,
2: no no yeah it was uh like zelda kind of inspired me to start writing stories so like it just kind of snowballed from there like in fifth grade we had to do another creative writing halloween story and i remember our teacher um mrs um what was her last name oh i'm so embarrassed i hope she never listens to this um oh she will yeah she, she maybe will. she will um but she said, it has to be two pages. It has to be at least two pages. And everyone's like, oh, and I was like, I can do that. Mine ended up being 14 pages. Oh, <laughs> oh wow. like a fifth grader. I'm like, what, what the heck is wrong with me? Like man, writers can... are weird, man. <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah, like from that point, like I just started writing books and or started writing stories. And I started writing my first novel when I was 15 and finished the first draft before I graduated high school and um, got it published when I got home from my mission and you know, writing has kind of been a big
0: part of who I am ever since. That is you know? awesome. So oh, I, uh,
1: when you – oh, sorry. Go ahead.
0: No, that's it. You go ahead, my dude.
1: All right. Thank you. Uh, so um, you said that you studied public relations and you, you studied film. Uh, bef- so you studied film before your mission and then you studied public relations afterward? Or, or what, was, what was No, I,
2: I didn't start college until I got home from my mission. Oh, so. okay.
1: But, but you transferred. So you, you studied film at – at Dixie State yes. and then you transfer to UVU and study public relations
2: yeah and it was honestly like just based on the spirit like I I was at Dixie State I was living at home I mean I had a full tuition scholarship as long as I kept my, kept my grades up and mm-hmm. Dixie had like a a really good film program like it was solid um the director of the program was like the former VP of NFL films and had like 33 Emmys um wow yeah so like good good industry connections there um, and I was halfway through my degree. I was on doing like student government. I was on Institute council. I was like really involved around campus having an awesome time. And like these, these promptings started hitting me like during my fourth or fifth semester that was like UVU, like think about UVU. And I was oh, yeah. like, oh, yeah. I started, I was like, why the heck would I go to UVU? Like I've got it made here. Like, why would I leave this? That's stupid. But the promptings kept coming like they would not leave me alone. So to make to make a long story short, like I the spirit punched me in the face around the time of that upcoming general conference after like months of fasting and prayer and like going to the temple. And I decided to apply to UVU and it looked really stupid from the outset because they weren't going to give me the same scholarship. I didn't know where I was going to live or like how I was going to pay for school. But like things fell into place where I ended up transferring over and the way that my credits transferred over, it was just easier to study communications and public relations than it would to start the film program all over again at UVU. So that's how it all shook out.
0: Yeah. So was that like a big, uh, it sounds like it was a big leap of faith then.
2: Oh, it was huge. It's like the biggest leap of faith I've had in my entire life. And it's, it was really hard. Like moving to Provo, like I I feel like the culture in St. George is everyone was like really cool with each other and really chill. And like, it's just like a small town kind of community. But moving to Provo, there's like everything in Provo is competitive, man. Like, everything. Yeah, that's awesome to say. Yeah. And like, I feel like people are like insecure and awkward. And I was like, I hate this place. This sucks. Like, for the first <laughs> oh, year. <my> <laughs> I, yeah, for the first year, I hated it. I hated it so much. But I loved UVU. It was like, oh my gosh, this school is amazing. Like, look at all these resources. And my professors are amazing and awesome. And the whole campus is connected. So I don't have to walk in the snow. And oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I had an awesome time at UVU, but dude, it took like a year before I came to terms with living in Utah County.
0: Yeah, I I hear yeah. you. I'm I'm a UVU guy yes. myself. Heck actually. yeah, dude. Yeah, I really like UVU. I, honestly, I didn't go anywhere on campus though. So I was I was like a UVU hermit. Oh yeah. <clears throat> I went to Slick to get my associate's degree. Oh nice. And uh, and then after that, I transferred to UVU to finish off and get my bachelor's. Nice. And I was in the CS building. Uh, what were 99%? you studying? Ninety nine percent. Uh, uh, web design and development. Oh, that's dope, dude. Yeah. So it. Uh, I never left the CS building. Mm hmm. But uh, I loved campus. Whenever I did leave the CS building, it's great. So. Yeah, man. Good I, vibes, good times, man.
2: I was mostly in the classroom building with my public relations courses, but there was like one or two classes that I had to go to the lib for, and that was like. Well, the classroom was right outside the Taco Bell, so like that was my my choice lunch spot every other day. Oh well, yeah, man! Yeah, well, saved my life. You know,
1: uh, me personally, I was uh, I went to down to the EVU campus, and I was living on the 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 come on, dude, s- sure? uh, sur- server down dorm. And I, and I lived there for a while and server down server down boy? <laughs> what the heck is that well, lenny's
0: actually. Lenny just uh just never had an education before he to fit in. i'm
1: just kidding no i was he's a boy's a boy i was just, I was just feeling left out so i wanted to i want to be part of uvu crew
0: yeah why, mm. why don't you come over here dude
1: no because i don't like uvu
0: aaron i don't know if we ever told you lenny's in boise oh, oh dude, yeah. You're, yeah. you're living in boise
1: I am yeah. living in Boise, Boise, Idaho. I am a graduate of BSU, oh, music dude. education. Yeah.
2: Dude, Boise State's yeah. dope. It's a good
0: school. I
1: I do I did really love my time there. It was um, awesome. Uh, re- no regrets from it whatsoever. What yeah, the I heck mean, is it's with not
0: that? UVU, but it's good. What the heck is with that football field though? Yeah. Okay,
1: herbal. let me tell you. Let me tell you about it. What we <laughs> like to do here in Boise is be awesome. Oh, so oh,
0: relax. okay, it makes sense now. <laughs> I'm Thank glad you. narrow Thank that you.
1: <laughs> you kept that
0: concise. You know, yeah. here's here's a. A carrot or something nice.
1: That, no, sorry really, honest, carrots. honestly, honestly, what big. happened, what happened was, uh, it is, that Bluefield is grandfathered in from the, the, like, beginning, the beginning, so, like, we, uh, before it was, a, at least this is what I, I think is right, I, I, I could be wrong, and if anybody's listening to the show, please, uh, teach me if I am wrong, but I don't think I am. Um, it's grandfathered <laughs> in, it was before it was, uh, uh they were part of like the big bigger football scene before it became a thing before oh, no. they you know became conference they had a blue field, just and I don't know why it was blue in the first place, but it was like that way, so then it's why when not they, yeah then when they grew when they grew you know as a, this um they grew in their prestige reputation, yeah it's a good football it was like they've always had they've always had a blue field, and so it's um they've had they've been it's been threatened that they had to remove it because apparently. Uh, the blue uniforms blended in with the blue field, but I mean, upon further inspection, it, it really didn't make all that difference.
0: Camouflage, but... yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, because then, you know, people couldn't see the cameras, couldn't see the thing on the play, you know, and it was this big thing, but it was, it's fine. I mean, and we just, they just changed uniforms anyways. It's, they're still blue, all blue, but it's just a different blue. So, yeah, gotcha. same thing.
0: You know what else is blue? The Book What's of that? Mormon is blue. Oh, oh That's man. True. And the Book Mormon is a book. and
1: uh, Oh, that's what Aaron writes. Aaron writes, writes books. Oh, um, oh my gosh. I
2: remember that. Yeah, I did a few so, of those.
1: No, actually, I did have a question. I did have an, another follow-up question. So um, we were just talking about how you went. Uh, you, I was just asking about your, your degree. You're like, So did you finish at UVU with your communications degree? I
2: did. I graduated
0: summa cum laude, dude. I kicked trash.
1: Oh, nice. Congrats, yeah. man. That's awesome. That's, like, so good I don't even know what it means, man. Good job. <laughs> It means well, like, uh, that's because you—you never—you know the grades you comes. got mm-hmm. were terrible, so yeah. like they didn't—they were just happy to get you out of the school because they didn't want to uh, bring everything down, you know. <laughs> yeah, they got me. So. Yeah,
2: Boise State wouldn't have that kind of thing. <laughs> they never put up with that. <laughs>
1: yeah. uh, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead, Aaron. What were you saying? Um, summa cum laude. That's awesome.
2: No, it's—it's it's like graduating with a GPA of like three point nine or higher. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know, yeah, I know, that's cool. <laughs> yeah, that's all, so all it says is that I was really good at following instructions, and I was like a big nerd, I'm like, that's it. <laughs> that's true. So, that's cool, uh,
1: so you uh, graduated with your communications degree, and uh, I guess what, the the point, the, the point I'm getting at is, is how has that influenced your writing? Um, is that what, is, uh, are you... I guess my question is: Is are you a, a full time author? Are you
2: Dude, I uh, doing
1: that on the side right now? Are like, were, did you have? Uh, are you doing other work? You know that that kind of thing.
2: Yeah. So I mean, real talk. I'm actually like unemployed right now because of COVID. Um, like since graduating, I've worked in various jobs involving copywriting and video production and project oh, management. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, but with COVID happening, like. I, I used to work at Vivent solar and they did a mass reduction. Like when COVID yeah. hit hard, I think they, right. what I heard is they let go of something like 1200 people. And oh I I was one of them. Yeah. So sorry to hear that real talk though. It's been really nice because <laughs> I've, I've been collecting unemployment and I've basically been conducting my time as if I am a full-time writer. Like, yeah. oh, um, wow. like, as soon as I got let go, I was like, okay, I'm writing at least 1,600 words a day. Um, I'm going to finish the first draft of my third book, and I did a couple of weeks ago. Um, Congrats. So, and yeah, and after that, it was kind of like, um, okay, so let's put my my PR education to good use finally and, like, do what I can to spread awareness and visibility of my work. Like, put together a contact list of people I can reach out to, um, be it podcasts or blogs or newspaper reviews or whatever and just, like, kick this out, try to increase,
0: get more eyes on this. Um, that's
1: yeah. that's awesome.
0: Yeah, thanks. You know, we, we were talking, uh, I don't know if it was last, maybe a couple weeks ago on the show, about how, you know, and we, we obviously you wouldn't wish uh, ill on anyone, especially during this time with COVID mm-hmm. going on and uh, people having, getting laid off and furloughed and whatnot. Yeah. Um, but I truly believe that God, you know, he, he doesn't instigate... This is my belief, okay. This isn't doctrine necessarily, y'all, but mm-hmm. I don't think he instigates these these trials so much as life happens. Right? Yeah, yeah. And God is there to help us consecrate those experiences. You know what? You you, you got laid off. Uh, Aaron's over here. This is your this is a window, an opportunity for you to take this authoring thing to the to the next level. Right? No, absolutely,
2: and I completely agree because I mean. I was working as a project manager and there's a lot of things that I liked about the job. But if I'm being perfectly honest, it was really taxing. It was really demanding. And there were days where I came home just exhausted, feeling like mentally drained. And I almost quit a month before they let me go actually. Um, so when I, I just decided to stick it out though, just stick it out, work hard, like do my very best. And if they let me go, they let me go. I'm prepared, whatever. So right. when it, yeah. when it happened, I was like ready for it. And it was kind of a relief actually. It was like, now I got time to, like, write. Like, it's my full-time job. And Animal Crossing just came out.
1: So, like, heck, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, all of you. All those things, just all the I boxes to, get yeah, I want to play that. So,
2: of, so yeah. I really do see it as the Lord kind of, like, giving me an opportunity to do something that I love full-time. And, guys, mm-hmm. it's actually been really awesome to do this for the last few That's awesome, man. That.
1: You know, it's and it's awesome that, you know... Everybody's COVID experience is going to be different, you know, and I just want to, you know, like we said before, everyone, you know, uh, some people are, some people have really been like detrimentally affected by this, by loved ones or their own lives or whatever. And, and I know that our our heavenly father, God knows and sees them Mm -hmm. and is is working with them to help them. And, you know, whatever it is that they need to learn or whatever needs to happen there, uh, he's going to be there for them. But then the, and the very uh, the, 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 there's this other side to it that there's some people like like you Aaron and and I'd like to say myself that uh, that it was if even if we're not directly affected, um, he was using this experience to help us, whatever it is that we were tr- we were struggling with or going through. you know, with you like, you can actually focus on your like, become a writer the way, that's what you wanted to do, you know, and help us just get to the next level of whatever that means. Uh, for us, and I think that that's really important. To you, can see all these. Make sure that when we are looking at our life, especially during this time in the COVID perspective, if we're looking at our life and just looking and just being, oh man, I just. Well, I'm talking myself into a corner. Hold on, <laughs> <laughs> you
0: cornered, man.
1: Yeah, this is what I'm saying. I'm saying that there is different. There's there's a different aspect that that is we've been we have been affected by COVID, and some of them are more detrimental than others and we should just be the people who are aren't as affected and have this time of rest and release needs to be grateful should be grateful and and work to be better themselves and help out as much as possible mm-hmm. and the people who are detrimentally affected um uh they are they're going through some hard times and we should as people who maybe aren't as affected, do our part to help them. No, absolutely. And I guess that's, I guess that's what I'm saying is just like, I uh, saying that it's not bad for us to feel that this is a good thing for our lives, even though it's really affecting somebody else,
2: you mm-hmm. know? No, I mean, you know? it gives us the opportunity to help. And I feel like, you know, we, we read in King Benjamin's address, how like the Lord expects us to be like the hands of service mm-hmm. to those in need um yeah so if we find ourselves in this situation during the COVID 19 crisis where we're in a position to help others we need to take those opportunities and to kind of reach out and give of our access to those who need it more than we do you know
1: yeah Yeah. absolutely yeah and i think that's i think it's a great like like you were this whole thing before it's like you know people through your writing you get a chance to do that just spread
0: yeah yeah just just, go ahead i was gonna say it's an interesting time we we have technology and uh Thank goodness for, you know, the ability to hang out with your homies via the internet, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Uh, I mean, this whole podcast happens digitally. I know people play. Uh, you brought up Animal Crossing, right? Oh, yeah. Animal Crossing. There's, like, teachers making classrooms in Animal Crossing, inviting their students yeah. to come sit that's in these classrooms. So no, that's can awesome. Take, that's you beautiful. You know, there's stuff like that where it's like, you know, there's technology's brought us a lot of great things. And uh, if there's a time... Um, to make use of make use of it to unify each other. Um, now now's the time. Yeah, and I think yeah. books. Uh, you know, the books are another one of those things. They people read these books. They read about characters and experiences. They make a connection, and mm-hmm. um, they draw inspiration from that, or they draw um, an expanded perspective, additional compassion, because they're reading about these. Characters and their experiences from a perspective that isn't their own. Right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I think that uh, that books being a, what, do they, what do they say a window to you know something outside and cool stuff or whatever. I yeah, yeah, what
1: yeah. That. I've heard that quote exactly. Just the way yeah. you described it.
0: It's pretty much the exact quote. But yeah. they're they're like windows <laughs> to the outside world and whatnot. Yeah. Um, I'm not a writer, Aaron. Can you tell? Well, I am. So yeah, I can agree. that yeah. that is the truth <laughs> that you was wait 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 wait, 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 wait. You just said I'm an idiot. Just kidding. All right, um. <laughs> that's so, not true. You're not an idiot. You're a smart person. Just you, you
2: have a UVU words.
0: degree, man. That's true. Uva, Uva. Um. So, uh, Aaron, you have let's let's jump into this. Uh, your books here. You've got two books out right now. Yes, is that right? That's right. And you've got one that you finished the first draft of. Yeah. So
2: the first draft is done. Um, right now, I'm going through like a, a couple preliminary things before I dive into second draft. Um, mm. But with any luck, it might be published by the end of this year, and that means I'll have published two books in one year, and that would be so Ooh, sick. That,
1: that would, be, would be awesome. Yeah, yeah be absolutely. Cool. Well, so, let's. Oh, sorry. Go
0: ahead. I was just going to say, t- tell us about those books. Um, you know, give us a, a brief summary. You know, spoiler free, of course. Okay. Yeah, right? for sure. Um, so, my first book is called
2: Foreordained. It's not a church book per se, but there's like heavy religious overtones. Um, because it was inspired by a seminary video. I hope you guys don't mind if I share just, like, a quick story. Let's, no, no let's please, it, go man. ahead. Yeah, so I was, like, ninth grade watching the seminary video, and it was about this prince that got kidnapped by, like, this group of bandits or whatever, and they try to subject him to, like, riotous living with, like, alcohol and, like, revelry and greed and women and whatever, and he's, like, having none of it, you know? Just, like, not interested. He's like, nah, man. Yeah, for sure. He's like, nah, bro. Um, <laughs> so, finally, the bandits were, I'm paraphrasing, they were like, what the heck, bro? Like, we were giving you all this stuff. Like, why won't you, like, indulge? And he was like, well, because one day I'm meant to be king. And mm. that struck me. I was like, what if someone were to, like, write a story where, like, you could not rule as a monarchy unless you were a good, virtuous person. And I was like, I'm going to write oh, that. Yeah. Like, that's going to be the story. So the story Foreordained is about this kid named Jason who is foreordained by this dragon deity to be the next king of a kingdom that's fallen apart under the rule of a tyrant. And it follows the year in his life in which he's being tested for the throne, and he's having this internal struggle of whether or not he wants to rise up to that responsibility. Um... So it's a lot of, like, external threats with, like, this evil king doing everything that he can to make sure Jason does not complete his year of decision and also Jason kind of grappling with this decision of, like, is this really what I want? Because King Barnabas is, like, hurting the people I love and trying to hurt me in order to keep me out of the throne. So it's, yeah. it's it, anyway, it's a really good story. You
0: know, it's interesting because I was just reading about... uh we we I think it's we have a fascination with powerful um, leader figures. I mm-hmm. think, mm-hmm. Uh, and just in our human culture, right? We see kings sure. and queens, and that's this grand, powerful thing. And if we're if we're trying to attribute lots of power to an individual, that's words we use, king or queen, right? Mm-hmm. Sure. Um And you think about I know in the scriptures it talks about let's see who is it uh, Alma. They're they're trying to ask mm-hmm. Alma the Elder when he breaks away from King Noah and his, uh, you know, speaking he's of right. right, his home dogs, right? Yeah, Those, those, right, right, those his dirt bags dogs. there. <laughs> breaks away from that and he's ruling over a group of 300, 400 people and they're like, hey Alma, we want you to be king. And he's like, nah man. Like, <laughs> I, I'm, it's... Bad idea. <laughs> he's like, kings usually lead people um, to make poor decisions. And he says, if you could... If it were possible, you could always have a righteous king. Then it would be well with you. It'd be it'd be right on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But uh, if you can't, and, and the reason is, is it's uh, it's just the temptation, the power, the there's no check there. So you look at history and all the people who have abused that yeah. uh, leadership power. So your book being a spin on that, saying you know what, like no 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 jokes, no hiding this stuff in the curtains here, you know. Mm-hmm. you have to legitimately have integrity and be a worthy person for sure and I mean it's the, interesting
2: the way that the government yeah, is set is up in the foreordained universe though is it's the king isn't like the, the end all be all of government like there's there's like a system of checks and balances where like there's a chief patriarch that's kind of like the prophet but he's like got as much political sway as the king himself and the king has an advisor who's also like a foreordained position and um, you know if the like if one person is seen as corrupt, whether it's the chief patriarch or the king or the advisor, like the other two can kind of like come down on them. So there's like, there's a system put kind of put in place, but yeah, I mean everything around those positions though, is it's like the king, the advisor, the chief patriarch are all kind of like tethers between the kingdom and the sacred dragon that like rules over the world to like govern over the people as the dragon sees fit. So there's, it's like, even
0: though you're a king, you're a servant. Oh yeah. Ooh, see, there's Ooh, lots of uh, yeah, lots of analogies we can draw there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah,
1: that's 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 gonna be. I'm pretty. I'm pretty excited to to read that myself. No. I'm, so, um, when when was this in your um your your authordom timeline? When did you write this?
2: I started it when I was 15. Um, I finished the first draft when I was 18. So I was like halfway through my senior year of high school, and mm-hmm. I finished the first draft of the book like oh, wow. right after I turned 18. Um, And my plan was to get it published so it could sell while I was on my mission to help pay for my mission. But Mm -hmm. I had like done my research. I had found a publisher that I really liked. I typed up a query letter, had the manuscript and I was on my way to send it to the the post office to send it. But like halfway there, I had this like a really strong impression that was like, if you send this, you're not going to go on a mission. So I drove back to my house and I was like, Fuming for the rest of the day because I had worked oh, yeah. so hard <laughs> on this book, and I was so confident that like it was going to get picked like, up. Uh,
0: Heavenly Fire, could you throw me that line like uh, a little earlier? <laughs> yeah. yeah, I was like, yes. what the heck, bro." I was <laughs> but, uh, but no,
2: yeah. it, it turned out to be good for me though because when I I came home from the mission and looked at it, I was like, "This needs a lot of work." So I spent a year like revising it, and eventually got it published, and felt much more
1: confident about it then. Awesome. Well, uh, that is, we will have a link to that so that people can go and check it out and, uh, possibly purchase it for themselves. For please, Dane.
2: please purchase it. Every purchase that yeah. like, gives me just enough money for like a junior
0: bacon cheeseburger. So it's an <laughs> or, or about a spicy chicken, Chick-fil-A. Oh, it's it, just spicy chicken. Actually. Yeah. Like if you,
1: not no, the deluxe,
2: not well. if you buy a paperback, yeah, I think it's just enough for a spicy sandwich. But if you get the e-book, it's the Junior Bacon cheeseburger. Either way, right. like, I'm thrilled. Bu- buy the paperback, guys. Yeah, Come on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude, yeah. dude for Chick-fil-A. I don't, I don't care for... either way. As long as people are reading the book and enjoying it, like, I, I don't <laughs> care how you buy it. I don't care if you pirate it, okay? Just, like, read the book <laughs> and enjoy it.
1: That's that's awesome. Actually, you've heard it from the man himself. Go ahead and pirate. I was just his kidding.
2: <laughs> that was told in jest. Please don't pirate my works. But there's yeah. a link to the pirate. Yeah. Right. yeah. yeah. Well, uh, go ahead
1: and tell us about Hammerfist real quick.
2: Okay. So Hammerfist like doesn't. It's not as like gospel tied as foreordained is. Um, Hammerfist was just inspired by like all the Marvel movies. Man, I was like, we've been bombarded with superhero movies for the past ten or fifteen that's true. years. And, like, I enjoy them as much as the next guy. I think, like, Walt Disney Studios has done a really good job of, like, putting together this extended universe of consistently good movies. unheard Um, of, man. Yeah. But after a while, it's kind of like, okay, we get it, with, like, the superhero origin stories, all right? Yeah. So I wanted to write a book that kind of, like, was self-aware of that and was willing to poke fun at it a little bit. So (laughs) it's about this dude named Herman Fitzgerald who's, like, a community college graduate with no prospects. He's like lonely and broke. And he gets into a car accident with a truck carrying toxic waste. And in the accident, he gets his hand cut off, but like Uh the accident gives him superpowers. So like in the wake of him trying to like grapple with like his missing hand and like these new powers, this eccentric, like, Dr. Emmett Brown, back to the future kind of guy, reaches out to him. <laughs> That's the vibe I get yeah. from
0: the cover art. Yeah, yeah.
2: He kind of reaches out to him and he's like, Well, hey, if you've read a comic book, you know what to do now. Like, you got to be a superhero and fight crime. And Herman's like, No, I'm not going to do that. But <laughs> the, the doctor's also super rich and he's like, What if I pay you 500 bucks a night to go fight crime? And like, Herman's like, Okay, I'm Ooh. listening. So Ooh. he gives him, I'm listening. The doctor right. gives him this detachable hammer he can put on his stump wrist. And he's like, "Yeah, this is what you could use to fight crime. Like your' hammer fist now. So he goes turns out there's like other people that have been in freak accidents and have like these weird powers. So Herman's like, "What the freak is going on here? This is so weird. And like he discovers there's a lot of like intrigue and betrayal and like weird stuff going on in the underbelly of this like metropolis called Citytown. And it's just, <laughs> it's ridiculous. Like the book, City town. the book feels, City town. it feels a lot like a cross between Scott Pilgrim versus the world and guardians of the oh, galaxy. Yeah. Like that's what the book oh. feels
0: like. You know, the sarcasm here is just speaking to me. Yeah. Oh yeah.
2: Dude, absolutely. It's, it's a hoot. Like I went through and actually published a second edition last week with like some grammar fixes and stuff. And as I was going through the manuscript making little edits and stuff, I was just <laughs> this is a fun book, you know yeah it's just a cool man. it's a really fun read.
0: That's fun man. you know that it's, is,
1: yeah
0: it makes me think of uh, man what am I a thousand years old I start every sentence with it makes me think uh, you yeah know, what
1: do you think of old man
0: uh, <laughs> at least you're, you're not starting each sentence with
2: the word why have you noticed that like old people do that all the time? Why no. I used to go down to the corner store and pay for, the <laughs> for a coca Cola, like you started. Well, like you started off that sentence making it a, a question with right. the word why, but you're saying it what, like what? a
1: statement. Why did I go down to the corner store and get a Cola? Yeah, I don't. Like,
0: I don't know, Cheryl. Why did you? Do I that? don't know. Why did you? Yeah. No, as uh, you know, I don't know if you had this experience, Aaron, but on the mission, um, it's 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 tough. It's a little stressful. Right? Missions hard. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> what, are you weak? Yeah. Um, what are you old? But yeah. I also laughed harder on my mission than probably any other consistent span of time in my life. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And a lot of it was because of stupid sarcasm or satire. Yeah. Um, with with companions with like minded, you know, sense of humors and senses of humor. Mm-hmm. Humor, we'll just say humor. And uh, humors. Anyway, one of those, I remember reading an article. Yeah, and nobody take this the wrong way, okay? This is just a Cody uh, thought, and this doesn't work for everyone, but I remember reading an article in the Enzyme about sarcasm, and it was like defining. Oh, oh yeah, was on the it, mission, right? This was on our, I think it was, with, was I with yeah. you, Lonnie? No, no,
1: it wasn't, because I remember reading the same article, but go ahead.
0: Something about wolves, and sarcasm means to tear or something, and the, the goal of sarcasm is to... Uh, to hurt people in the end, and I was like, "Well, hold on—that's a stupid thing to say." Just get and say it sarcastically, like that. But I initially <laughs> I was like, I can see what they're saying because a lot of people use sarcasm to bully people. Yeah, sure. But most of the sarcasm in my life has been uh, leading to uh, jokes mm-hmm. at each other's expense. But it's not like with the right people, it's not like they, mean natured. Yeah, they've given me some of the best laughs and some of the most appreciated um, times to be lighthearted in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, now, that works for me and probably for you guys too, but I know that some people don't respond to sarcasm, but I think yeah. that kind yeah. of humor, any kind of humor, right, if you find the right kind of humor that you click with, that's it's a, it's a good release valve to let that stress out. Honestly, let the spirit in. you got to get that stress out sometimes to yeah. let the spirit come in and have a place in you. And- for sure. Yeah
1: absolutely yeah Humor and does so, so and so i, I think that we're going to find a lot of this sarc- sarcasm right in 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 the title of the name the title of the book is my name is Hammerfist, fist right it's yes. not just Hammerfist? fist yes. okay yeah so we're, we're going to look we're going to see a lot of this well that's that's pretty exciting so you have two books that are already published ready to read ready to consume and then you have one in the works. Yes. Getting getting its final publishing done.
2: Yeah, like I mean, the revisions are probably going to take a little revisions, while. I like, sh- I, yeah, I should say. I try to go through like three revisions, like for every book. So that's mm-hmm. that's three times that I'm reading the entire manuscript and I'm going in and making edits and like, you know, fixing things for pacing or you know just yeah. clarity. Um, Why but, don't you just write it right the first time? Yeah, that would be something, <laughs> wouldn't it? Yeah, just that that goodness. would be that would. Definitely makes oh, things a lot easier, wouldn't it? Zinger. Yeah.
1: Hey, Cody, why don't you go ahead and just, why don't you go ahead and leave, and I'll <laughs> finish the interview here. <laughs> <laughs> but uh,
2: no, this this third book that, I, that I'm that i working on is the sequel to Four Ordained. So it's like what happens to oh, Jason after he becomes yeah. king. And dude, it is next level. It's like, as I, as I finished it, I had days where I was like in tears, like writing what I was writing. It's like, it's emotional. Oh, it's yeah. exciting because like, The kingdom goes to war, so it's, like, so much is on the line, but there's also this huge um, moral of redemption and forgiveness and um, humility. And it's just, once it's done and revised and out there, it's going to be the best work I've done so far, like, hands down.
1: That is... Wow, we're we're really excited. So we're looking forward to that. So uh did you did you kind of write for ordained as a as like a sequel, like a trilogy? Did you have that in mind, or is it just kind of working itself into like
2: one of those? No, I have a trilogy in mind. I mean, I I see okay. it going purged or uh, foreordained, purged and awakened. Like that's going to be like the three book trilogy. Oh. I'm calling it the. Okay, it'll be either like the King Jason trilogy or the foreordained trilogy, and I want to do like other stories within the world of Wevlia and the Kingdom of Nesmith, kind of like a, you know, like a C.S. Lewis thing going on, where it's yeah, like he's got, absolutely. like, all these stories within the world, but they're not necessarily connected. And I've got You're I've right. got this really sick story in mind that was kind of inspired by the Dark Brotherhood from Skyrim. Um, yeah. So, yeah. 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 so I, okay. I, I want to do something that kind of like that in this world, where this you mean a secret combination yeah because i mean (laughs) i don't know like i hate the dark brotherhood so much like i want nothing more i started a new save recently just so i could like level up and take apart the dark brotherhood from the inside
0: like like, (laughs) i'm so excited like
1: you were just that you just had that much of a vendetta against them yeah
0: yeah i remember signing up for those quests and being like this is stupid it's the first thing you do and, and you're like Wait a, wait a second. This guy's not bothering. No, why am I dropping a deer head on this guy? Yeah, <laughs> oh like he, he's not bothering. No, you guys know exactly what I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, dude, that's right? messed up pagan shiz. It is. It, yeah, yeah, it's it bad. It definitely is. Yeah, I feel I'm the guy when I play those open world games that, and my sister's the same way, Uh, you know, you start to do the bad things. I just feel too guilty
2: in the game and I can't do it. No, seriously, <laughs> like, I want these like open world games to be like an extension of being good, but like, in Skyrim, oh, yeah. it's like it's this game that I really enjoy, and I can put so many hours into Skyrim. But like every single side quest has like some moral dilemma where I have to kill something, and I'm like, can't I just <laughs> be nice? And like, <laughs> can I be a bro? Like, yeah, this this Skyrim oh. is a dreary place. I'm just trying to make some smiles, man. <laughs> just if, trying.
1: To, if you a want smile
2: salesman, yeah,
1: I, a smile salesman. happy mask. Salesman. I, I want to tell you another just a plug for a game that has exactly what you're talking about. If you ever heard about the game Undertale?
2: Oh, I've heard it's
0: incredible. Oh yeah. Oh, if you well, want to play a
1: game, if you want to play a game that you can literally go through the game without killing anything, you play that game. It's so it's hard. hard. It's so game. hard, but it's. Uh, I think it gets you the best ending. Yeah,
2: I'll have to do it because no. it's like fifteen bucks on the Switch store, so I got to try it out eventually. Yes,
0: it's pretty hopping. Now I I will say there's a, there's an interesting discussion about this moral dilemma here too within yeah. It. Uh, open world video games, which I have, uh, video games are remarkable with the direction so many of them are going. It's oh, also sure. freaking me out. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I know, I'm, I'm right. See, I'm seeing stuff with like this new video game coming out, and they're bragging about it getting like a um a 17 plus rating. What? And I'm like, why are you? Why? Why is there so much bragging about this? Yeah, um, that's a bad idea. video game showing graphic. I don't want to get into it, but. Um, Just like terrible things. I'm like, these are people sitting behind uh, computers who are spending hours and hours putting detail on some of these horrifying uh, scenes that are very triggering for a lot of people. and Stuff like that, I'm like... uh, But anyway, there's a game, one of the first... Maybe not the first... Well, I don't know. Maybe it is the first... uh, One of the first games that give you that moral dilemma was Fable. Mm. Yeah, Um, yeah. There's probably others before that, uh, night nice I don't Old Republic like, is kind of like that too. Yeah. But the reason I like Fable is it's like, if you want to be bad in Fable, piece of cake, all right? You just go hop into the city, and you murder everyone, and you leave. Mm-hmm. And you've got horns, <laughs> and you smell bad. Mm-hmm. And that's how you're evil in Fable. If you want to be good in Fable, it's it's a ton of more work.
2: Yeah, but it's and I so remember... more
0: satisfying. What's that? But it's so much more satisfying, right? Yeah, yeah, it's a ton of more work. But it's more rewarding because you've really achieved something, and I think I think uh, there's a parallel there to real life. It the, the more good that we try to do in our lives, the more yeah. callings we take on, or the more promptings that we listen to when God says, "Hey, let me go see your minister person you forgot about." You know, mm-hmm. um, stuff like that. The more we do that, the more God gives us. Right. Yeah. And the harder it gets in some way. I should I don't know if, should I, if I should say hard, but responsibility grows. Mhm. Absolutely. And uh anyway, I just thought there was an interesting parallel that I learned from fable of all games. Well,
1: That's that, pretty cool, uh, man.
0: It's it can be can be hard to be good, but anyway, it can be challenging, but it's rewarding. You know, let's let's jump in uh one more question for you, Aaron, then we got to jump into our question segment and wrap up here. Um and I'll uh, this will be kind of your ending note with um I guess get the last thoughts you want to get out about your, your books. Uh, My question is what has your writing journey taught you about God or being, what is being a storyteller Mm. taught you about God? Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's taught me that God cares about even the boot might,
2: even the most minute details in our lives because, you know, I've, I've had days where I'm, you know, during my morning or nightly prayers, I'm asking heavenly father to help me out with my storytelling to help me develop these stories into the best they can be. And I sometimes reach points where I like, I got some writer's block where I'm like, "Ah, I just don't know if this scene is working. Like, I feel like I'm missing something. And like, I'll get like a shot of revelation that's like, what about this? You should try doing this. And it like totally takes the story in the right direction. And it's, you know, and it seems like such a minute thing that like, why would God even care about like the stories that I'm writing? Like, I don't think it'll really like make a difference to him. Or I don't know, like, I would hope that someone would be inspired to be a better person through reading my work but uh, you know it's he he cares like he, he knows how much it means to me and he wants to help me become the best writer that I can be so that's the biggest thing that I've taken away from this whole journey it's like the Lord wants to expand our abilities with the things that we love it's not just like growing as a disciple but growing as a human being and as a professional and with whatever endeavor you're you're trying to improve and like he wants to help and I I think that's really a beautiful thing
1: that is that is so beautifully put I think it's wonderful it reminds me of a quote Uh, I can't remember by what general authority said it but the lord is in the details of our lives because I mean that is that is definitely a detail uh, that he's working in for you Um, it kind of reminds me it it does remind me of one I'm also going to share just one quick uh, story about what you just said I bought a new xbox and I was really agonizing over which one I should get, mm-hmm. and I prayed about it, and I found, and he guided me to it. Like, what? He doesn't care about what Xbox I get, <laughs> but what he does care about is that I was, I was agonizing over it, and I asked his opinion, and he helped me. He didn't choose one for me. He just guided me. He just helped me choose one that. He just ch- helped me choose one for myself and i think it was more of just a reward for coming to asking him. So i think that what you're saying there is just that he is he does care about the details of our life because we care and he loves us. Yep. Yeah. Uh,
0: Bingo. No matter how big, no matter how small, i think that uh we might feel silly praying about some things, but uh mm. yeah. <laughs> if it's important to you, it's important to God, right? Yeah, and he he's a perfect
2: father. So like it's he cares in that way. Yeah. It's cool Absolutely. to think that he's helping you write your book, too. Yeah. No, it is
1: really cool. I'm...
2: Dude, I have seen yeah. it. Like, there's, like, in the first book, there's a thing called an oracle stone that became a plot device, and that was completely revelation. Like, that came to me on my knees. Oh, yeah. And there's a part in Purged where I was thinking about taking this really important character to this location, but as I kept writing it from that point, it didn't feel right, and I kept having this feeling that, like, no, take them here. And once I did, like, the rest of the book just kind of, like, came together. So, it's, dude, revelation is real.
0: Yeah, that's awesome, man. Yeah.
1: That is awesome. That is really cool.
0: Thanks for uh, for sharing about that. Um, dude, the pleasure's mine. This has been awesome. Yeah, no, this has been a good time. We appreciate your insights, and, uh, you know, we haven't had a lot of authors on the show. <clears throat> How about none yet? But, uh, <laughs> um, no, it's great to get your, your perspective here. Uh, let's jump in real quick Thank here you. to our uh, our question segment and answer a question from the uh, from the listeners. Um, give Aaron a chance to get his uh, perspective in here with uh, an answer to one of these questions, too. Yeah. Uh, before we wrap up. Uh, wait, what were you saying? <laughs> that was that was me on the whisper again. Just in case you thought it was cool. Nice. Uh, yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Not. Nah gonna be a nah for me dog <laughs> all right <laughs> all right so this uh this question comes from page from boise um why do we use self-deprecation as a crutch ooh, ooh, ooh,
2: ooh, 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 i don't think we should ever yeah no. it's like you honey you are of eternal worth don't you self-deprecate you're better than that don't use it as a crutch self <laughs> get that crutch away
0: Chuck that crutch. Chuck that crutch. That's, yeah,
1: I, a, that's, that's our that's our new T-shirt. Chuck that crutch.
0: I'm, I'm gonna be honest. Half the time, I self-deprecate is because I think it's funny, but the other half of the time, um, it, it it's it's an oper- I think we do it because we're trying to to beat someone else to beating us up, you know. Mm. And that's and for really, some reason, yeah. that that makes us feel better to say, "I already knew that I I suck at this." But go ahead. What's your opinion? You know, like you, you can't make me feel bad because I already know. So you know, I think it's 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 a way to defend ourselves from someone else potentially bringing us down. And I think a lot of the time it's it's misplaced. Well, all the time it's misplaced because if you've already you've already been that person to tear yourself down, if you've you
1: know, yeah. I think I think uh, there is sometimes it can be confused with humility. You know, I, I think yeah. in, in some cases it can be confused with humility being self-deprecating. I think that he, he, the difference between humility, uh, the being humble, is is knowing that you can be better and that there's somebody maybe better at that stuff than you are. Um, whether whether it be in a spiritual sense or, or not or in a in a non secular se- so in a secular or non secular sense, yeah, I'll I'll say it that way. There you go, um, but also. Um, so, but also, I well, shoot. I lost my train of thought saying that secular thing. Oh, uh, oh yes, humility. It's uh, but I think the humility is knowing that even though somebody's better at it than you, or or maybe you feel that way, or you can always learn and get better at it, you still have a value of of what you're doing is still worth something. And I think that's what it is that humility is that yes, you may be able to need to improve and be better but you still what you do contribute is is valuable and i think maybe self-deprecation is is thinking that even what you are going to contribute is not worth it so you'll just so you should just discount it so you discount it even before you even give it out
0: yeah so if i could uh follow that up page thank you for the question um, yes yes thank you so what do we do about it guys I, I, you know, we could we could talk about why it's bad, but what do we do about it? If if, you, if you're someone who's who's got a habit of self-deprecation or a habit of tearing yourself down, or you you've got a friend or someone who who does that, what do, what do we do to overcome that?
2: Every time well, you uh, say something self-depreciating, oh. you have to look yourself in the
0: mirror and say something you like about yourself. Oh yeah, you have to. Mm-hmm. If if you don't have a mirror, you pull out your phone camera.
1: Mm-hmm. There you go. That's that's actually pretty. Mirror. Yeah, that's actually a pretty good idea. Yeah,
2: even if you've got nothing to say but I'm ugly and I'm proud. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I Sponge... am ugly and I am proud. That's so good. I think um also to like why do we use it as a crutch? I think it's because it's easier to it's easier to not to not do something than it is to try and fail. I think maybe sometimes. Yeah. I think that's what like so i think that in answer to that too is like if you say something you know like you're saying self-deprecating i think that it is um a good idea for you to to validate validate yourself you know even if you start like like aaron was saying if you say something um you try you validate maybe something in uh, i don't know where i'm going with this yeah
0: i i would say maybe uh something to pair with it too and is just an exercise in looking outward oh if if, if we're self deprecating i think uh maybe we're thinking about ourselves too much and, and and you know i i get it that there's that's what happens when you're self-conscious right as you tend to turn inward and mm-hmm. but uh when that time comes that you feel like you're going to be you, you find yourself bringing yourself down communicating with someone else Turn your thoughts away from yourself, what they think about you. Turn your thoughts towards them and what, you know, where they're coming from or what, what they can share or something. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe there's value there. So, But, yeah. All right. Well, thanks, Paige. Thanks for writing in. Thanks for the question. We appreciate you. Uh, hopefully our perspectives are uh, interesting and uh, it can be added to your perspective and, and, mm-hmm. and you can... Uh, expand what you know about that, but we appreciate that. So, my fellas, my dudes, I think it's uh, I think it's time to wrap this bad boy up. Sounds good. Well, thanks for listening, everyone. It's great to have Aaron on the show. Aaron, thanks for coming by, my dude. Dude, it was my pleasure. I had an awesome time. Um, if you want to reach out and contact Aaron, uh, we'll drop a few links uh, to his books on Amazon uh, in the description for this podcast episode. So look for those. Uh, you can find him on Facebook as well. Uh, we'll drop that link in the description. Uh, for our podcast, you can find us on Facebook and Twitter at IW podcast. You can email us uh, at inblackandwhitepodcast@gmail.com. at gmail.com. Uh, or go to our website, uh, com. But uh, write, us, write us questions. We'd love to hear from you and hear your feedback on the episodes. And Anyway, thanks for listening, everyone. We appreciate you, and uh, Godspeed. God is good.